What if you find yourself with only 10 minutes to prepare for your next D&D game? Where would you spend the time? What would you, what would you do? In Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, I have eight steps to help people prepare for their next game. But the book clearly states that you don't have to do all eight, eight steps if they're not necessary. So which steps would you do if you're really on a time crunch? A lot of this is going to depend on what kind of game you're running. Are you running a single session game, a one-shot game, or are you running a continuing campaign? Are you using a published adventure, or is this completely homebrew? The steps that you're going to take are often going to depend on what kind of game you're going to run. But there are a couple of steps that pretty much every kind of game can benefit from, and that I would argue, and what I would certainly do if I only had 15 minutes to prepare a game, these are the steps I would start with. The first is the strong start. What do you need in order to begin your game? Right? Where's your game going to start? What scene are you going to throw in the beginning of your game that grabs the attention of your players and helps them break away from the real world and get into the fantasy world that you're all sharing? That's the goal of the strong start. And there are a lot of different kinds of strong starts you can use. An easy one is you get attacked. The characters get jumped wherever they are. If they're in a bar or if they're out on the road, wherever they're starting, they get attacked by something. It's a great way to sort of grab the player's attention, get them right into combat, get them into rolling dice, and give you a little bit of a break while you start to think about where the rest of the game is going to go. Strong starts don't have to always start with a battle, though. You could have an event happen in town. Maybe there's a big parade, or maybe there's some kind of other celebration. Maybe there's a natural disaster that occurs. A huge sinkhole forms in the middle of town, or a great earthquake opens up old ruins underneath that no one knew about. Maybe somebody walks into the bar, bloody, screaming about weird demon wolves that attacked him out in the woods. Whatever you want to do, you want to have a scene that's independent of the characters that helps draw the characters into the game. And for a session like this, you're probably going to want to ensure that the strong start has a deep hook into the rest of the adventure you're going to run. It should give the characters a clear idea of where the rest of the adventure is going to go. The next thing I'd do if I only had 15 minutes to prepare a game is write down 10 secrets and clues. A secret and clue is something that the characters can discover in the next game. It's usually one sentence long, and it's independent of how the characters are going to find it. There are a lot of different kinds of secrets and clues. They could be based on information about NPCs, information about villains, information about the location that the characters are going to explore, little bits of history, either local history or larger history. Often, the secrets and clues will be will tie the characters to the story. They'll tell them what's going on in the world. If there's a villainous plot, or if something summoned those demon wolves, a secret or clue is what will expose what did it and where and why. Secrets and clues can also be about the characters themselves, things that they may learn or that may connect them to the story and to the world around them. Secrets and clues can be discovered lots of ways. It may show up on a mosaic or a fresco in an ancient ruin. It may be revealed by examining an ancient statue. It could be gossip spread around by NPCs. It could be found in old journals or letters that the characters find. It could be the dying words of monsters that the characters fight. The main thing is the characters are going to discover secrets and clues as you're running the game. You're going to improvise where the characters discover these things rather than planning them out ahead of time. Writing down 10 secrets and clues can be hard, and that may actually fill up a lot of those 15 minutes while you're sitting staring at the ceiling trying to think of what the characters might discover. If you have any time left over, there's a couple of different directions you can go, depending on what you need. You can either decide to focus the rest of your time on fantastic locations. What are the locations that the characters are going to discover as they're traveling throughout the game, and what makes them interesting. In Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, we, uh, we build out locations by giving an evocative name and giving it three aspects, three things that make that location interesting. If we only have 15 minutes, we're not going to be able to put three interesting aspects for each place. So we're going to have to focus just on the evocative name, like the circle of teeth or the gaping maw or the dragon's, the dragon's talon. Give it an evocative name that sort of grabs you and gives you ideas about what else might be there. 
the Dead Titan, the Tower of Skulls, the Archway of Bones. Give it a cool name and something that gives you a little bit of an idea about what that place is like so during the game you can start to fill in the details as you need. For any given session, you're probably going to need about four or five locations. If you're running a more story-focused game, instead of locations, you may want to outline what scenes may take place. Now, this could be a sequential list of scenes from one right after the other, or it could be more like a decision tree. If this happens, then these three scenes could take place, and then the characters pick one of those directions, and that's the, where the scene goes. When you're outlining the scenes, just like locations, you're only going to want to give two or three words to describe the scene, just enough for you to remember where the scene is going to go, not so much that you have everything in the world planned out. At this point, we've almost certainly filled out our 15 minutes. We probably don't have any time left. So what we need to do now is rely on tools to help us improvise during the game. The number one chosen by many DMs is a good list of random names. If you're looking for a random name list, Xanathar's Guide to Everything has an excellent set of random names that you can draw from right during the game for any of the NPCs that you're planning on running or any named monsters that happen to show up. Another great improvisational aid is a good map. The back of the Dungeon Master's Guide has a number of maps ready and available for you to use. But one of my favorite sites is DysonLogos.com, where you can get access to nearly a thousand maps of all kinds of different locations. I've been using Dyson's maps for a year now, and I absolutely love them. So it's a great way to get maps of all different kinds of locations. When you're crunched for time, go to the top of the list, start scrolling down until you find a map that works for you, grab it, and you're done. Of course, another big one is a book of monsters. We didn't decide what monsters the characters are going to face in this particular game, but the monster manual can do just fine for us. So whatever your favorite book of monsters is, keep that on hand. Of course, be ready to reskin your monsters. All you need to do is find a applicable stat block and call it something different and describe its flavor completely differently and you have an all new monster with the same stat block that you can find in the monster manual. For treasure, you can use the random tables in the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide. In particular, I like tables B and F, which offer excellent consumable and permanent magic items, but nothing that's too crazy or powerful. The key with all of this is to keep the tools on hand that you need to be able to improvise during the game and keep your prep as light as possible. I actually wrote a book called The Lazy DM's Workbook uh, that's designed exactly to help fill in all of these gaps while you're improvising your game. It includes names, traps, monuments, items, random monster tables, all different kinds of things that you would need when you're, when you're sitting down at your table getting ready to run your game. But whatever tools you choose, make sure they help serve you to improvise during the game itself. I hope you found this video useful. If you did, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You can help support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can pick up my book, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. All of the links of these are in the notes below. Thank you very much.